Welcome to the Speaking Podcast. You can find all our episodes on speakingpodcast.com, also on BitChute and YouTube at Speaking Podcast. I have four other podcasts, the Learn Polish Podcast, the Meditation, the Awakening, and the Crypto Podcast, as well as being a podcasting coach. And you can find everything on RoyCollin.com. Today, my guest in the USA, an author and coach, please welcome Janelle Anderson. Hello, how are you? Very well, very well. So you might let the listeners know who's Janelle. Yes. So uh, Janelle Anderson, I am a uh, coach. I call myself the confidence guru for women entrepreneurs. So I help them build confidence in who they are and what they do. And especially around speaking, because as an entrepreneur, you need speaking skills so that you can get yourself out there and attract business, attract clients. And so I found that a lot of women don't have a lot of confidence, especially when it comes to speaking. So I have several programs that help them with that. And I also do quite a bit of speaking myself. And I'm an author, just recently published a book. So coach, speaker, author, and, you know, really loving what I do. And I, I have courses, mastermind programs. I coach one-on-one. I do all that stuff. Okay. So that's me. So. I'd like to know your journey to speaking because uh, I know just from writing that uh, you're like myself, <laughs> a, late, a late bloomer getting to the stage. I mean, I'm only yeah. about five years since I became confident. Well, started the speaking journey with those masters. So, yeah. Mm. Wow. Very I good. I was terrified prior to that. Yes, me too. Me too. I was never confident, especially speaking in front of the room. I would feel like I wanted to just disappear and my mind would go blank. My mouth would go dry. <laughs> um, so I started my, well, I was a teacher. So I always spoke in front of the room to kids, but speaking to adults is a completely different thing. Right. So about three years ago, I realized that in order to really grow my coaching business, I needed to do a lot of speaking and get on podcast summits, live in-person stages, just get in front of my audience and share my message and what I do. So I began to work on, I mean, I, I was good at like teaching workshops. I could do that without any problem, but that's different than speaking a message on a stage. So I decided I needed to work on speaking skills And I didn't go to Toastmasters, but I went to a, a program called Speaker Sisterhood, which is similar to Toastmasters, only for women. And I loved it. It was online at the time. And uh, I decided to open my own Speaker Sisterhood club, franchised club here in where I live. And so we met, met in person for the first year. And then, of course, COVID hit. So now we're all online. We, we've stayed there. But it's been a big help to speaking, uh, building speaking skills. You know, you create a speech, you ask for certain feedback, you deliver your speech, you get feedback, and then you work on the skills, you know, whatever the feedback was, and you do it again. And so that began to really help me a lot to craft a speech and to write one that's not filled with a lot of extra words and that really has a message and deliver it. And then I started diving into storytelling so that I could include stories in my speeches and do it well. And now I love that so much. I'm teaching other women how to speak and tell stories. <laughs> so, and then I, I learned. Is there in that organization? It's the first time I've actually heard, heard yes. of that. Is there many? 
Not many. It's actually pretty new. And uh, so it started with a woman up in Massachusetts locally there, and they had several groups there. And then other women in other states started theirs. And then during COVID, some of them dropped, closed off, closed down. So it's coming back again. I think we have five or six is all. Um, but yeah, 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 because I I had founded um, one of the international entrepreneurs uh, Toastmasters group, and when when we weren't allowed to meet in person, it was yeah, we didn't enjoy doing the Zoom calls. We've done it for a while, and it just yeah. So we've uh, we've thrown in the towel, unfortunately. I I don't enjoy the online meetings. It's totally different. It is totally different, and I'm hoping we can meet in person again the thing is now i'm getting women joining my club from all over so i'd have to keep them online <laughs> well let's talk of kind of doing them hybrid you know that you have yes. this screen and everything yes. but i yes. suppose i like somebody watching the person on the stage that's there giving an evaluation is is no problem because you know if, if anything is probably you know they have less distractions from the room they can probably that's give a, a decent but uh yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. We may try that. Uh, I don't know, but I, it is totally different. I would much rather speak in person. When I started diving into storytelling, I, I have a story that I had a hard time telling because it was a lot of trauma from my distant past, but it was things I hadn't talked about in years and decades, really. And when I started sharing the story, I would only just like tell it from a a really high up, like general, like, Hey, you know, I did this. I never would like dive into it. And then I learned how to tell a story really well and bring people into the moment with you and, and make it, make them feel like they're right there with you. And so the first time I told that in person was amazing on a stage in a room full of women. And it was just electric. Like the connection was so tangible almost everybody in the room was crying they were all leaning in it was like oh my gosh what an experience that was so i want to get back to in-person speaking for sure and like what what i think is when when you share something traumatic that has happened to you because what I've noticed is it was more of a financial wipeout that I had at one stage but I had no problem talking about it and the amount of people that actually say what has happened them and i know it's the same with a trump i can assume that when you actually open up and on the stage i know it's difficult but when you do it the amount of people that haven't told anybody are able to come up to you and tell you their story exactly exactly what happens and in that one i had I actually still in touch with some of the women who heard me speak and since then my book came out and so one of them wants me to come and speak in person to her little group. So it, it does, it has an impact. And this particular woman is like sharing with me all of her past trauma and she hasn't been able to share it. And so it really, it gives permission to people to be real, to be real with themselves and to know that they're not alone and, you know, holding it in and not telling it is what gives it its power over you basically. And if you get it out there and you realize, hey, there's many people who have suffered lots of things and I'm not the only one. And so it kind of, it removes the whole stigma and the shame. And you realize that you're, you're a human being who just went through some tough times. It, it really loses its hold, its power over you. And 
it does empower other people to know that they can also share their stories and get it out. <laughs> so that's been the huge, a huge benefit of me sharing mine. And like, cause I know that some people, like I'm able to talk about different things that's happened and I don't relive the moment. And, yeah. you know, I, I'm assuming the same with you, but some mm-hmm. people can't because you can actually see that they go back into the time. And it's like, yeah. have you any kind of techniques for people to, yeah. you know, that they, they're not reliving it, but they're just telling it. They, they, they go, it happened. It can't be changed. I don't have a time machine, but mm-hmm. that, you know, cause yes. the, the, the message has gone back into their cells and they, you know, then they'll have sleep in their shoes and just, you know, yeah. they, they go down. Yeah, exactly. And I always tell people don't tell, don't speak about a story publicly that you can't, that you have not processed through to the point where you can, you know, share it. You can still feel some of the emotion from it. I mean, I always say when you're telling a story, you've got to feel some emotion for your audience to feel the emotion, but that doesn't mean that you're going to be a puddle on the floor. If you're, if you're going <laughs> to completely like lose it, then don't share it yet. Cause you're not ready. And there's a point af- after you've processed through all that trauma that then you can share it. You can still remember it. You can still feel some of the strong emotion, but you're not, you know, going to be up late at night and and you're not going to relive the trauma. So if you're in that place where you feel like you would relive it, then you, you, you're not ready. And I wouldn't share it yet, you know, get with a therapist or someone and really like process all the way through it and get to that place where you can speak it without Reliving. I mean, the first time I ever said it publicly was years ago. It was at a women's uh, retreat, and I just kind of blurted it out. And I was not ready to really share it, and it it still triggered me a little bit. But that day, I had women coming up to me all day thanking me for sharing my story, and it was sort of like my first like coming out kind of thing. And I realized how important and how powerful it is to share your stories and they were saying, all of them were like, now I know I can be open and share mine and get the help I need. Because if you can get up there and say, you know, tell your story, then I know I can share mine. But it was still a long time before I was actually ready to share it in a way that was bringing everyone into us into a moment and in time, instead of just saying, hey, I did this thing. This thing happened to me. This was different when I shared it you know, recently from that live stage and had everybody in tears and like, I could feel the tears too, but I knew I was in total control and it was, I was not reliving it, but I was sharing it in a powerful way where people were right there in the moment with me. And I didn't have to tell the whole story, just shared like enough that people understood, you know, wow. And and they were connected with me in a much more powerful way. So there was a difference between the two for sure when you're on stage and you know you're telling the story which is obviously you know because people one day later it'll trigger something in them that has happened or two they'll kind of follow you on the journey depending on your story selling skills but have you do you actually try to bring them back up then in during your speech that, you know, you're not kind of ending and, you know, everybody's in a, <laughs> it, it, you know, like there's a, everybody's like, oh. <laughs> yes, definitely bring them back up. Oh yeah. Yeah. So yeah. And really um, 
when you tell a story or you're speaking, there should always be an objective at the end. Like you want your audience to leave feeling a certain way or, or maybe ready to do something from your whole speech. And so that ending is, you know, where I'm always going. And so I'll, you know, I tell the story to show like the hero's journey, right? The valley part of my life. But then here I am now, and this is what I've done to get here. This is the transformation that I went through and the healing that I experienced through. And I have this process. I wrote about it in my book. So I usually talk about that this process I went through and this point in time where I realized I needed to face the demons from the past because they were holding me back. And so I did some things and I got help and I got healing and I forgave and I looked at my past and I started to realize what was really true and the things that I believed were not really true. And, you know, so I take them there. I take them through the whole process and where I am today is, is so completely different. And so that empowers them to know that not only can they share their story, but they can actually find healing and find uh, the other side, you know, and come out confident, which is my thing, right? Come out confident. And my book is called Take Center Stage, Be the Star of Your Own Story. So I want to take them to that place where they feel like I can walk out on center stage of my life as me, no shame, no fear. And I'm, I'm the star of my story. I can be everything that I was created to be, and I can live fully in that place, you know, and not be held back anymore. So that's where I want to take them, right? That's where I take them at the end. So in, in the book, then, like, are you talking about your own journey, what's happening, and then the process for trying to help the different people to overcome the fear of one, getting the message out and two, mm -hmm. to, to get comfortable on stage? Yes, yeah, the book starts the actual introduction to the book is a is a real attention grabber because I just bring them into this moment. And uh, then what I do is I go into, you know, that's where I was. And fast forward now into my fifties when I realized that I had to deal with my past. And so then the book is really like that process I went through and I come back to the story a few times, but while I'm doing that, I'm taking everyone through this process. So the book is really a self-improvement book. And then I tell some other stories as well from some of my clients and also some other more recent stories of things that are relating to what I'm talking about. And it has a workbook with it too. So it's really self-help, you know, here's, here's my story, but here's what helped me to get where I am today and to really walk into my purpose and be a confident, happy person who can own my entire story and all of that. And here's how you can do it too. And here's some examples. So it, I've, I, when I started writing the book, I went through my journals. I've been journaling for 30 some years and I saw this journey I had been on. It's sort of like this process emerged and I was like, oh, I went, I kind of went on this path, you know, from the moment when I kind of woke up and realized I need to work on some things all the way through to where I'm now. And I, I remember sitting there thinking, I feel like I'm taking center stage of my own life. And that's where the title came from. And so in the book, I start every chapter with one of those journals and, you know, explain like where I was when in my life, when I was writing that. And so they kind of see my own journey along the way, but they also can take action in their own life. And there's specific exercises I give them to do, you know, things to do that you can take this story of mine and apply it to your own life 
and do these things to help you, you know, begin to see. I mean, like one of them is called, um, it's about the path of destiny because there was a time when I, when I really realized that I needed to make a choice and do something about this thing hanging over my head, I was sitting in church and my teacher, my teacher, my pastor was teaching on path of destiny. And he was saying that everybody has one, everybody has a purpose why we're here, but that doesn't mean you're automatically going to fulfill it because you can choose to go a different way. And I remember sitting there going, Oh my gosh, what path am I on? And am I fulfilling what I was created to do, am I really walking my path or am I just wandering out there off my path? And so that's one of the exercises is to sit down and look at where you're going in your life right now and where do you want to be? And if, if you were on this path of destiny, I call it, where would it lead you? If you could live your dream life and really fulfill everything that's in your heart, what would that even look like? Because a lot of times people just kind of keep walking the path they're on without thinking about that. So it's things like that that are in the book that, um, cause my whole desire was to not just write my story, but to make my story have an impact in people's lives and help them better themselves and ha- help them have a transformation because otherwise it's just a story. <laughs> well, yeah, I think that's a very important uh, thing that you've included. Cause I remember I went to an event and it was kind of what, what's your quest? And it was like, no, kind of major thing, yeah. Well, you know, because you're, you know, yeah. We all chug through life and just do the mm-hmm. thing, but you know, if you have a quest, it becomes bigger than you. Yes. And you know, the the mission and the life become, and you get more energetic yeah. and everything by just having. Yeah. You have purpose and meaning, you know, and there's a reason to get up in the morning. And I really believe all of us have something we were meant to. And it may be more than one thing. I don't think that we have just more than one thing to do, but we have in us woven into our DNA and who we are certain things that if we are pulling from that into, and that's what we're doing, we're pulling from who we are and we're not just doing something because, oh, that looks like a good career and that will make me money. But, you know, I don't really like it that much, but, <laughs> but if you're like living a life that comes from, you know, really understanding all that makes you, you and all the strengths that you have and the gifts that you have. And then, you know, how can I take all of this and make the world a better place and leave a mark and leave a legacy and make a difference? Like that's a game changer as far as like fulfillment and satisfaction and motivation and, and energy. And I really believe all of us have that quest or that path. It's just a matter of finding it, discovering what it is. And that is a journey discovering that it doesn't just show up you just don't automatically know it most most people anyway <laughs> exactly, exactly. and is it this year that you've released how long is it is the book yes out? january of this year okay ah, so regarding the promoting then so I, like because i because i know some of the listeners you know they they either want to write a book or they've written a book so I know that going on podcasts is a great way of actually getting your message out. So what, what other things have you done? And even perhaps talk about your, your journey being on different shows as well. Cause it's, it's... Oh, sure. So well, I, that was my newest book. I've actually written, I wrote a book. I self-published a book in uh, 2017. It was more of a spiritual journal, prayer journal. And it was um, some of those journals that I was talking about, but I made it into like a devotional. It actually started off being a gift for my mom. And I wasn't going to publish it. I just like took all these journals and put them into this 
book for her. And then my friend was reading it and she said, oh, I'm using this every day as my devotional time. And I'm like, oh, maybe I should publish it. <laughs> so I did. Um, and then I'm a contributing author in a couple of other books. So, so that's been cool because, you know, I can actually say I'm a published author and it's kind of like, wow, I'm a published author. <laughs> How cool is that? And even that's a journey, you know, putting your thoughts on a, on paper and publishing them and putting them out to the world. And you kind of have to let it have wings to fly on its own because you don't know who's going to read it and it's out there, you know, <clears throat> but one thing that I really, um, discovered in that process was this knowledge that that nobody else had exactly that combination of words and stories other than me like only I could put that out there <clears throat> other people are writing about similar topics but nobody could put together the exact book that I just did because it's it's part of me and that's a part of like my gift to the world and whoever really needs it, I believe it will land in their hands and not everybody will read it. Not everybody will like it, but the people that it, it will help, I believe it will land in their hands. And those are the ones that my book is for. And so that helped me a lot with that whole like scary thing of putting it out in the world <laughs> as far as writing a book. So I would just say anybody writing a book or wanting to write a book to know that you are the only person that could write your book, you know, and often we think, well, who am I to write a book? Like that is a thought that comes with, who am I to do this? But who are you not to? Who are you not to? And if somebody were to say to you, why, are you, why do you think you can write a book? You could just say, or who are you to think that you could write a book? You can just say, well, I'm the one doing it. <laughs> I'm the one writing it. So that, that gives me the authority to write it. It's my story. It's my combination of ideas and thoughts or my experiences. And it has value because everyone's voice matters and everyone's story matters. So that's what I would so, say about so, that. So you did like self-published the first one and then you mm -hmm. you went with a publisher for the, the second one. Yeah. Well, the one yes. the current one. And yes. is it like, are they actually helping getting it out there? Because I've had a lot of guests on that actually, you know, they're with publishers, but it's a case of, yeah, you have to do all the marketing. They're just right. there to, 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 to have it in the different places. Is it similar? Well, it's a hybrid. So yes, I, I still have to market it myself. I didn't go find a publisher. Um, I decided that would be a lot of work to try and find somebody. So I just, I went with a hybrid publisher and she's distributing it and helping, helping me some to get it out there, but it really does come back to you as the author. And so I'm, you know, pretty consistently looking for places to speak about it. And uh, like I said, I'm going to be speaking to this little group um, soon, you know, just little groups. If I can get in there and like a, a friend, no, not a friend, but a client of mine bought 20 of my books and sent to one of her clients, which is a nonprofit in California that helps sex trafficking victims. And that's part of my story. So she just sent them 20 of my books, you know, things like that. If I can find groups that maybe book clubs or, you know, so that's, kind of what I'm doing. But on top of that, I also am creating a program that goes with the book to help women, you know, come into like a group program where we can process through some of that stuff and they have some place to talk it out and to get their story out and with somebody that can help them do that. Because 
my book does stir up a lot of stuff. <laughs> and I've had women write to me and say, oh my gosh, this is really, I, I'm having a hard time reading it because it's triggering stuff. And I'm like, well, you need to be in my program then so that we can work way, work through this because it is hard to do it on your own. And I say that a lot in my book. So I, I created that and I'm hoping that that helps to get my book out there even more. And I'm hoping that my book will open up opportunities for me to speak, you know, to be a be on stage as speaking. So I look at my book more as like a, a book that can help that I can use to help with clients and also a place to a, a um, opening for speaking, not just, I'm not just relying on the book itself to make me money because I realize that's not, that's not a thing unless you're like Brene Brown or someone. <laughs> And the so. other thing is like the, the people that are reading that, you know, especially if it's going to the, you know, people that have been through the trafficking and everything that can have a, a massive ripple effect on them. One, because they can become, you know, an advocate and start trying to help other people because that's it's awareness is the thing. Cause there's a lot of people, they just put their head down. They just assume this yeah. isn't going on. And it is massive yeah, because I have covered massive. it in my awakening podcast. Like, mm. and it's, you know, so I know the depth that it is. So mm. I think, like just by getting it into the right hands as well, it can have a massive, and I'm hoping that that's the case. The ripple will go yes. out and it'll create more that will be out talking about this. Yes, I certainly hope so. And I do, I am connected with one organization that helps and I actually signed up to be an ambassador for them, which means I can speak about the issue. I haven't done it yet, but I just spoke recently about just sex trafficking. And I'd never given a message totally on the issue. And recently, because of my book, I was asked to speak to a group of young people about it. And it was, it was really powerful, but it is, it's out there. So, so pervasively everywhere and people don't realize, and it's affecting young people. I mean, it's, it's just horrible, but uh, hopefully my it's, book. Will... It's high levels as well that are involved. The politicians yeah. all around yeah. the world, and like yes. it because they're in charge, there's nothing done. And I know as well it's that true. there's people that actually go to the police, and because the whole lot is corrupted and they're involved in that, it's mm -hmm. actually they put the, the person that has been abused into prison instead of actually going for the politician that has been the. And we yes. just, I, I, it's just a case of the more that become aware of this. Yes. It, then it stops because yes, it's exactly yeah yep yeah and uh even i didn't realize it was as, it, uh, at that level until recently i started learning more about you know what you're saying it's like unbelievable so yeah i'm i'm open to that like speaking more about it and and helping you know victims and hopefully my book can help in some small way, at least, you know, for those that have been through that to be able to get their life back, you know, and to know that it, you know, usually what you think is that I'm worthless, uh, you know, it's because I'm worthless that this happened. And most victims don't realize they're even being trafficked. That was the name of my, my uh, presentation I gave recently was that how can you be trafficked and not know it? Well, let me tell you, <laughs> because I didn't think I was. I didn't know I was until I was in my 50s and I started unpacking my past. And it was like a huge revelation. I just thought, well, I had become a prostitute and I chose to do it. Then as I started unpacking it, I realized, oh, I was manipulated by my boyfriend. He, you know, yeah, he talked me into it, but it was it was sex trafficking. Like he knew what he was doing. And because of the state I was in from previous traumas, 
I was not in any kind of like place to know what was happening. And so that helped me remove the shame and to disconnect it from me and my identity. You know, it wasn't that I was this horrible person. I had been a victim of, of a person that knew exactly what he was doing. And there was a lot, you know, of mental and emotional control that went on. And I had no idea. He knew what he was doing. I had no idea. <laughs> you know, he used to always say, well, I didn't put a gun to your head, you know? <laughs> so I'm like, wow. So it took me a really long time to even look at it and remember it and talk about it. I just wanted to stuff it away and forget that it ever happened and put it way, you know, way back in the basement somewhere in a closet and thinking that, hey, if I never talk about it, if I don't think about it, it won't affect me. It'll go away, but it doesn't <laughs> and it didn't. So that's really the purpose of my book. And it's not just for women or men even who have suffered trauma, that kind of trauma. It could be anything that's, you know, you're afraid to share because, you think it's, you know, going to make people not love you or reject you or that, you know, you think that you're a terrible person because you did this thing or this thing happened to you. When in reality, you know, that is not true at all. You are very valuable and worthy of love and things happen to all of us, but that does not define who we are. If I could say anything, that would be my message really is that, you know, what happens to us does not define who we are. And once we know who we are and how precious and valuable each human being really is and owning that, you know, owning my story was a huge turning point for me instead of trying to decide to um, distance myself from that part of my life. I had to actually own it and say, you know what, this did happen. I've been trying to forget it. I've been trying to pretend it didn't happen, but it did. But what does that mean? And how can I take this experience and look at how it's shaped me and the good things that have come out of it? You know, I'm a survivor. I have a lot of resilience. You know, I can overcome many things that maybe I couldn't have before. I know I can get through things because I've been through and then, you know, how can I take my story and help others? That was a huge part of that owning the story. And it also brought a, a wholeness and a healing to me because I had been so fragmented. You know, when you try to distance yourself from things that have happened to you or from a part of yourself, it just fragments you and you're not fully in your skin, like you're not fully in yourself. And so that experience wall as well, like when you do something and you don't let anybody, you don't let the good people come in as well. So you, I think you have to love yourself. And once yes. you kind of love yourself and kind of understand, look, there's, there's circumstances that it wasn't my fault. And right. that's the main thing. Cause if you can't start blaming yourself and it's, there's so many things that happen. And then you have to have a kind of forgiveness for other people as well, because some of the people that are doing this, they're on, they, they were brought into that. In other yeah. words, they know, you know, it was like they've been like, I know that sometimes it's even during the pregnancy that they torture so that mm -hmm. it's, it's a chain reaction. So they don't know empathy. They don't know love. Mm -hmm. And can you hate the person? Because if you look at the baby, can you hate the person? Because that's who they are, but that's what they were brought up. So it, mm -hmm. like, 
it, it, it might be a, a strange analogy. It's like I've got a wild cat at the moment, right? And he's got a broken leg and everything. And when I, I try to go closer and he's hissing at me, but mm. I still have compassion for him because he yeah. somebody obviously was beating him or whatever. I don't know, but he's mm. like, but still. Uh, and it's the same with humans. We have to, yeah. you know, not not know everybody's journey because you know if yes, on like there's some people that consciously do something that's different, but there's yeah. others they were brought into it and they were abused and they went through a whole system. And we have to try to figure mm-hmm. out ways of actually helping them and finding true love yeah. as well. And yeah, but I, I love what you're doing and I know that Thank it'll you. make a massive impact. And the more people that you get out, the more stages you get on, the more yes. podcasts that you get on, you know, and I know like on Podmatch, that's a brilliant platform for, you know, mm-hmm. you know, connecting with the right people. Yes, it is. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's really my mission this year with the book coming out is to get on as many podcasts and summits and stages that I can to share my story and my book and about this whole issue and not only trafficking, but I was also drugged and raped. So there's that too. <laughs> so, and that happens massively, you know, and, and again, I didn't realize that it happened. I thought it was my fault. It didn't dawn on me that I'd been drugged for 30 years. And this is, this is what keeps people in that cloak of shame is so, you know, a part of my book is talking about, tell yourself the truth. Like let's discover what was really true and what's not true. Cause what you believe is true is not always the truth. And, and yet you're living according to it because you believe it's true. And that's, what's keeping you playing small. And like, for me, I was very timid. I wouldn't speak up. I didn't, you know, I can't tell my story. I mean, what will people think of me? Right. And so I would make something up and so I was not being me. I wasn't authentic and I wouldn't let people very close. Like you said, I had a wall up and that is not living, you know? And so tell yourself the truth. What is the truth of everything that's happened to you? And that will just awaken you and cause that shame to just melt away. And then what emerges is for me, it was like, oh, this is me. Oh, and I started feeling confident and good about who I am. And I realized I was starting to really love who I am. It was incredible. And the freedom that comes with that, just being comfortable in your own skin and, you know, pursuing those things that are in you that fire you up, that light you up and not feeling like, well, I can't do that because what if people find out this other thing? I mean, that's just, you know, so it's really going from like living in a prison cell, basically to living free. <laughs> that's what it feels like. I mean, I think that's the thing. Once you're your authentic self, nobody then can come up and go blackmail you or do anything. It's like, yeah. this is who I am. You, you know, yeah. you're with me or you're not. And you surround yeah. yourself with the people that really care. And instead, yeah. you know, instead of kind of trying to be, cause I know a lot of people, you yeah. know, they're trying to be somebody else and they're worried that well what if they find out about this and it's like you're not yourself and it just curious as well because like with the meditation podcast and i've I've experienced a lot of breath work did you is that Mm. something that you've done because i know a lot of people just from being at events as well like by going through the breath work it's like the memories come back and people actually remember things even from when they were three and four is that something that that you Mm -hmm. uh, have done yeah, definitely. Uh, I realized that I was holding my breath a lot, <laughs> breathing very shallowly, you know, because you're always like, oh, 
uh, when you're holding that wall in front of yourself, you know, so I began to do a lot of meditation prayer. You know, I'm a very spiritual person and really that's what helped me the most spending time always starting off with the breath work because that calms everything down. And then you're able to, you know, let all the flurry of thoughts kind of calm down. And then you're able to actually go in deeper to your true self, you know, and listen to those things that are there and let them come up to the surface. So that's how most my journals, like that's where it came from was me sitting there breathing and meditating and listening and letting God, you know, speak to my heart and things would come to me. that would sort of like float up from my heart into my mind. And I'd be like, Whoa, that's, that's amazing. And I would write it down. And I knew it wasn't really my, wasn't coming from me. It was coming from, from my spirit, I think, and, and just communicating with God and things that would come back to me that I, you know, when you're in trauma, you don't remember a lot of details because that's how you survive it. And for me, I spent a lot of times disassociating when I was being trafficked, especially I would just go to somewhere else every time. And I got so used to doing that. So good at doing that and shutting down my emotions that I couldn't feel anymore. And so I had to really sit with that. I had to let emotions come up that had been stuffed away and when all the uh, realization started coming up of what had actually happened to me, I remember laying on the floor, just weeping and weeping and letting all of the, the emotion that I had not allowed myself to feel come up and out and grieving really for my younger self and what had been stolen from me and going from a place of being ashamed of her to actually embracing her with compassion and that was a big, that allowed me to talk about my story. Cause a lot of times women will say, how can you tell your story so easily and just put it out there? I really admire you. You're just speaking it out there. And I'm like, yeah, it's out now, <laughs> you know, so it's not a secret anymore. So it doesn't really have power over me anymore, you know, and people will do with it, whatever they will, but it's my story and I lived it. And, and uh, you know, just coming to that place of, of letting it all out, letting, you know, that really comes from breathing and meditating and allowing yourself that space to go deeper and access those things that are really like deep in the subconscious. I had one coach said, you're surfacing the invisibles. I'm like, yes, yes. What a great way to put it. <laughs> yeah, I, like, I like that. I haven't heard that one before. That's a, that's a yeah. way of saying that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I thought so. So, and that's what I love to help others do. So when I can see that happen and somebody accesses their freedom, basically, you know, and the light comes on, uh, their whole countenance changes and, and the burdens fall away. It's just amazing. There's nothing better. So that's my quest. I, I love it. I love it. And uh, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll make sure I'm going to put this on the meditation and the awakening as well, because I know that the trafficking is a massive thing. And I, the more people that can actually, you know, get that and hear yeah. it, because they can also perhaps even share what you're doing and share the book with the people they know that have, you know, that haven't kind of gone through the journey yet. They're, they're, they're yeah. in the darkness and, you know, it's something like that. Just the, the right book can actually, you know, mm -hmm. open the doors and let the sun yes. shining. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And I would love to have 
uh, more, you know, whoever really needs it to come into the program. It's called Shine Your Light Inner Circle, and it's a very safe place. It's going to start in June. We're going to go for 12 weeks, go through the book and the workbook, and it'll be a safe place to actually begin, maybe for the first time, talking about things. And you'll be in a safe place because I have been there. So, you know, and everyone will be in agreement. We'll, we'll have an agreement that everything's held confidentially, you know, and it'll, that'll be a very important part of it. So that's another thing I want to start getting the word about out about right now. I'm starting with just a few women that I, that have reached out to me, but that will be something that's going to be available, you know, probably two or three times a year, maybe. So, because, you know, you need a place to go and maybe, maybe, uh, they won't know where to go. And if, if they can sign up for that program, I'm even trying to start a scholarship to help pay for those women that can't afford it because I can't do it for free, unfortunately, <laughs> but uh, yeah, exactly. it's like, yeah, bills yeah. have to be paid and everything. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, exactly. A scholarship. Yeah, I mean. yeah. But anybody that contributes to the scholarship, I'm going to, I'm going to match it. So basically up to half the program. So I'll actually be giving half the program, but if people donate to just certain people, you know, like they'd have to apply, they're going to have to apply. And, and uh, it would only be a couple of women per cycle that I could do that for. But there's one in particular right now, she's like ready to do it. I mean, she came from a rough, you know, background and a lot of abuse out of an abusive marriage and is trying to pull herself together and has not been able to get free of all the trauma. And she's like, I want to be in your program. And she can't afford it. She's a mother of four, single mother of four. So I'm going to, I'm going to help her. I'm going to get her in there. Um, but it's women like that. Like, I know I can't help everyone, but I can help a few. So. Yeah. And that's, I, I think that's the thing. Just help one and then the next. And mm -hmm. I think the people that have been helped are the ones that help others because they, yeah. they, they understand the power of it. And so it's, true. It's, yes. Yes. And then they can start stepping into their own, power and doing what they're called to do. And then, you know, it's, it's a ripple effect. Excellent. So yeah, okay. love it. Brilliant. So I wish you super success. You might let people know where can they find you? Sure. Well, they can find me. I have a website, emerginglifecoaching.com. And I'm on Facebook. Uh, it's also Emerging Life Coaching is the, my Facebook page. I also have an author page, Janelle Ledoux Anderson, I think, or no, Janelle Anderson author is how you find that one. And then I'm on LinkedIn, also Emerging Life Coaching. And if they want to email me, Janelle at EmergingLifeCoaching.com. So I'd love to hear from everyone that wants to reach out to me. Okay, perfect. Yeah, I'll make sure mm -hmm. I put the links and both the audio and the video. Thank okay, wonderful. Much. Thank you. So that's all for the speaking podcast and the awakening podcast and the meditation podcast. Cause I'm, as mentioned, I'm going to put them out on all three because uh, this is very important. And I've covered this deeply in the awakening podcast. And I'll actually give a link to the episode that uh, I mentioned as well. So sure to give us a thumbs up, five star rating, subscribe until next week. Take care. <laughs>